A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, yogis. I'm Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. I believe one of the most enlightening things that you can do for yourself is immerse your mind, body, and spirit in yoga. Yoga is union, and when we unite, together we inspire flight to uplift the world. Your path to awakening to the transformative power of yoga starts now. Today, I have the great privilege of interviewing one of my best friends, Caitlin Turner, otherwise known as Gypset Goddess. Caitlin was one of my first friends when I moved to Venice Beach and soon became one of the most intellectually stimulating yogis I had ever met. With a dynamic perspective on practice and a witty edge for business, Caitlin and I often found ourselves in deep conversation. What's important to me? What do I want to teach people? What do I want to share? And when you teach a yoga class, the things that you say in that room are carried out into the world by every single student who attended your class. So it doesn't end there. What do you want to send out into the world? Today, Gypset and I sit down to deep dive into cultivating passion to live a life of purpose. Listen close as Gypset reveals how she went from living as an unenthused influencer to radiating purpose and passion when she found a true calling to share the sustainability movement Find Tap. Namaste, yogis, and welcome to another episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. I'm absolutely stoked to be sitting across from the one and only Gypset Goddess. This woman is just as much magic as she is brilliance. And it's such an honor to be sitting here with you today, Caitlin. How's your day been? It's been amazing, and I'm honored to be sitting here with you too. I always love stopping by. Yeah, it's always great to reconnect. I mean, we were roommates for like over a year and had the opportunity of living with each other. And uh, I feel that within that, we've really developed a deep connection and a really awesome friendship. So when we have the opportunity to touch base, it's always really awesome. Absolutely. And I feel like we have a lot to catch up on. I know. There's been (laughs) so much going on, not only in the world, but also in our world. So I'm super stoked to start with um, 
where your yoga journey first began because I feel for those listeners who are not familiar with you, it's really good to start at the beginning. Well, it's kind of a funny story that I think is a little bit different than some might expect, but I feel like my initial yoga journey started when I was about 12 and I started competing in rhythmic gymnastics and having that practice, which was very serious. I was in the gym five hours a day, six days a week and having that level of discipline and enjoying experiencing that combination of strength, flexibility and agility really gave me an appreciation for the movement arts and I quit that. Uh, when I was going to college until one day a guy that I had a crush on asked me to go to a Bikram yoga class with him. (laughs) It's always our crushes, you know? I feel like that's like always the first window into yoga. It's like that person who you think is really beautiful invites you to a class. Well, I suppose it's not such an uncommon story after all. (laughs) But it was funny because a lot of people had invited me to go in the past and I just felt an interesting resistance to it because it was almost like because everybody thought I would love it so much the rebel in me wanted to not love it and not be open so I'm really grateful to that guy that I had a crush on who invited me because that yoga class changed my life wow and so was your first yoga class just a regular old Bikram class and then afterwards you got out and you were like oh I'm never going to do this again or were you automatically into yoga Well, I don't know if I was into yoga right away, but I did really want to come back because what happened is I went in and knowing that I had been on the U.S. national team with rhythmic gymnastics, I was very, very confident in my abilities. So I thought this class was going to be an absolute breeze and I egotistically thought I was going to show everyone up and impress the teacher and all these things. And the boy. (laughs) And the boy, exactly. And I went in not understanding that it was going to be about 150 degrees in the room. So I felt like I was going to die after about the first two minutes and did not in any way live up to the standards that I had set for what my vision of that class had been before going in. And afterwards, I think it really tapped into my competitive spirit almost that I hadn't connected with in a long time since quitting rhythmic gymnastics. And I wanted to go back and conquer that class. Yeah, that's usually how it happens. I mean, I feel like it taps into your ego first, and then you're like, oh my goodness, like that's challenging, and I should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you continued flowing into yoga. When did you actually first start to know that you wanted to become a yoga teacher? It actually was suggested to me. It's so funny because I feel like I've been really lucky in my yoga journey because left to my own devices, I'm not sure I ever would have found that path, but I was surrounded by good people in my life who kept on sort of nudging me in this beautiful direction. But I was practicing yoga fairly regularly by that time, uh, and I could finally stand an entire Bikram class without feeling like I was going to die. And the teachers began coming up to me after class and saying, you know, you have a really strong practice and a very calming voice. And I think you might be a really good yoga teacher. It seems like you have a good understanding of what we're doing. Maybe you should do a training. And it hadn't really occurred to me. I just was enjoying practicing. But 
once I heard that, I guess maybe it tapped into my ego a little bit again. And I thought, oh, I'm good at this. I should show people that I'm good at this. But then once I started actually doing my training and learning more about the depth of yoga and the fact that it's so much more than just the limb of asana, I started increasingly becoming more passionate, both about my own practice, but also about the idea of altruistically sharing it with my students. Hmm. And when that mindset came, would you say that it changed the way that you thought about your life or was it just something that was like, oh, I could probably teach some yoga now and really help some people? And I also wanted to ask at that time, were you Gypset Goddess, the jet-setting epic princess that you are today? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was not Gypset Goddess at that time. Actually, I couldn't even do a handstand at that time for, I think, more than five seconds without falling and almost breaking something every time. Um, So I guess, where did it come from? I'm trying to think about the very beginnings of my teaching career. And I feel like it was to help people, certainly. But in terms of impacting my life, I think no, not immediately. It started just wanting to help others. But as with so many things, it's sort of like the yoga pebble got thrown into my pond and inevitably there's going to be some sort of ripple effect. But I think you don't always notice it in the moment as it's happening. It's more in retrospect, you can start to look back. As you make a more conscious decision here or there, you notice it and ask, where's that coming from? And then there's like this new yogic voice inside that's like, because I care. (laughs) And I feel like yoga is great for helping us tap into that voice and a connection with that voice. Yeah. And so when you tapped into that voice and you started teaching, what did you really feel was drawing you to the space of giving back to the community? I felt really grateful because... I picked up teaching yoga pretty quickly between the physical aspect of it, which I had sort of trained for all of my life, and having a voice that was naturally suited to it. I sort of had an easy transition into becoming a yoga teacher, and I felt really grateful to sort of pick up those concepts quickly. And I also realized that it wasn't always as easy for people to tap into it and understand it. So because it came pretty easily to me, I felt like I had some responsibility to share it with others because I could explain it in a way that was really digestible and accessible for a variety of students. That's awesome. And so when you were just getting into the flow of teaching, what would you say are some of the the best tips for new beginning teachers to really feel comfortable in their voice? Well, this is actually going to sound sort of funny and counterintuitive, but one of my favorite teachers that I completed a training with, Baron Baptiste, really stressed to drop the script. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so powerful. And it especially applied to me because the first teacher training that I had ever completed was a Sumitz yoga training, which is an Arizona-based school of yoga that's very similar to Bikram, except you're moving through in a vinyasa flow sort of way rather than being so static. But it shares the word-for-word dialogue sequence that every teacher needs to know and be teaching. So I was taught to teach that way, where 
how dare you deviate from the script? Like in order to deliver the optimal experience to your students, you must say every word as it's been written and as you've been trained. And that was actually pretty limiting for me, but I didn't know that because it was all that I knew. And then I went to my Baptiste training and kept hearing, drop the script, drop the script. And it was so scary for me because the only way I knew how to teach was from a script. And so I think it was in that moment that I really went from being a yoga instructor to a yoga teacher, because until you drop the script, you're speaking in someone else's voice. But once you start to drop the script, that's when you begin speaking in your own voice. So what do you think happens in the brain of a yoga teacher when you decide to drop the script? Well, if they're anything like me, at first they might feel scared shitless because that's really scary. Without somebody else's words, if you don't have your own, what are you gonna say? But that's a beautiful transformational moment is what are you going to say? And it forces you to sit with yourself and ask that question of what's important to me? What do I wanna teach people? What do I want to share? And when you teach a yoga class, the things that you say in that room are carried out into the world by every single student who attended your class. So. It doesn't end there. What do you want to send out into the world? And once you find that message, you've found your voice. And I think that that's incredibly empowering. And the more you use that voice and the more you flex that muscle, the more you start to trust that you actually know what you're doing and trust yourself. And the more you trust yourself, the easier it becomes to speak from the heart authentically. And I think that's really what makes a strong yoga teacher yeah i would definitely agree with you there and just in hearing that answer it really leads me to know that you are speaking in your truth now (laughs) and there was a time when you know in the past i remember seeing caitlin be apprehensive of really saying what was on her mind and now i feel like you've lit up like you're totally alive like you're completely in your your truth (laughs) and to witness that is absolutely awesome i must say Thank you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think has changed from the time when, you know, you were still an Aloe ambassador, you were, you know, working on all these different, you know, Instagram deals. uh, But I feel like now you're like so much more vibrant. What has changed? I think a lot of things have changed. I had a personally and at times professionally a pretty difficult last year. And there were moments where I really felt like I hit rock bottom and I could either get stuck in that or I could force myself to get up and keep going and realize that what had brought me there were things that weren't working. And so it sent me on a search for what would work. What Um, were some of your biggest challenges? Because I know there were emotional challenges. I know that there were all kinds of things going on, but... I feel like, you know, just for others to relate to what happens in our lives as teachers, Instagram influencers, and real people, it's like, you know, it's good to know. Well, in the personal realm, I (laughs) had a relationship that seemed like it was going to be a really big relationship, but then turned out not to work out as well as planned. And as a result of that, I had thought that 
I was going to move to New York, and I almost did, but then I decided to move, stay in LA. And then I thought I was going to move to Hawaii, but that fell through. So I again stayed in LA, but ended up in West Hollywood, where I felt very isolated. And really, I think it all comes down to the fact that I was struggling with a case of bad timing and not being in my flow and sort of being off rhythm with the life that I was trying to live. And I think when you get off rhythm like that, there are a lot of missed opportunities and things that don't work out exactly right. Mm. So what got you back on rhythm? Back to like what's making you so bright right now? I sat down and I got very real with myself about the patterns in my life that I may have been really comfortable with, but that weren't really serving me, both in a personal context, in a professional context. I got really honest and real about the places where I wasn't showing up for myself and where I wasn't showing up with others. And then I started just one by one making a change. Mm -hmm. An old boyfriend of mine, when I would get really stressed out about things, used to have this saying that he would say to me and he would say, Caitlin, and sorry vegans in advance for this one, <laughs> but we're being facetious. He'd say, Caitlin, how do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. And the answer was always one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the way that I started looking at my life is one bite at a time, I'm gonna fix this. and. Yeah. So I started really asking myself what I wanted to do and what was important to me. And I realized that I wasn't f feeling fulfilled because as much as I had this large audience and as much as I was pulling a good income from it, I didn't feel like I was really adding anything to the world. Like I basically spent my time and energy mm, to be candid, making people want to consume things and buy things. And yes, I spent a lot of time inspiring people too and helping them, but at the core of the way that I was making the bulk of my income, it was in a way by making people feel a need to consume things that they may or may not have fully needed. And that was a little bit of a hard reality for me to sit with because I'd really like to contribute more meaningful things to the world than just that. But I also, in that same breath, don't want to take away from the contribution that's good from being an Instagram influencer, which is that you get to touch a lot of people and you get to help a lot of people, which is great. Yeah, and I think that it also brings us to the role of really promoting things that we really believe in. And I feel like once you have the opportunity to share the stories of the companies that are backing you from a perspective of they're making a difference in the world, you know, it really gives you that place of saying, not only are you supporting a company or supporting this product that's really awesome and useful, but this is something that's actually changing the world for the better. Mm -hmm. And so what about who you're working with now differs who you were working with before? This is actually the biggest change <laughs> about the life that I've been living versus the life that I'm living now. Uh, when my, all of my time was spent being an influencer and not really even teaching as much yoga anymore, like I didn't have any studio classes, maybe a festival or a branded class now and then, but I didn't have any regular yoga teaching, so I was really just an influencer, um, which is great. Some people are really fulfilled by that and that's awesome. Uh, but I used to fantasize in a very odd way about being a dental hygienist <laughs> because 
This is going where? somewhere. This is going somewhere. Just wait. I used to fantasize about being a dental hygienist because I thought that that was something that sounded really predictable. And I felt like the biggest thing that was missing from my days and kind of making me unhappy was that lack of routine and that lack of predictability, mm. which you have to strike that balance because if life is too predictable, it's boring and it's there are never surprises. It's hard to grow. But if life is completely unpredictable, it's almost like you're in a fight or flight all the time because you never know what's going to be thrown your way. So ideally, we can learn to sort of function in the center. So I'd always sort of fantasized about, you know, maybe having a quote unquote real job that would give me more structure to my day because I have a little trouble punctuating it myself. And I'm now working a full-time job for the Shit first time in my adult life. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 401k and the nice window office? Um, in the future, I bet that that's <laughs> going to be how it is. But no, not, not quite yet. But that being said, um, it's... It's a 9 to 5. Yeah, actually. And it's incredibly fulfilling. Although... I'm so passionate about it that it hasn't really always been staying in the bounds of nine to five. I feel like it's like a nine or 10 to five to 11. I mean, depending on the day. Well, that's awesome. That means that you're passionate about what you're doing. And I feel like anytime that you're working on something that you're passionate about, there's no time. There's only passion. True. It's really true. And it's, it's sort of a funny thing to share because I feel like the story of so many influencers out there, especially yoga and lifestyle influencers like me, like the story we all tell is, yes, I was working this full-time job or I was in the service industry or wherever I was. And then I found this passion and I was finally able to drop that work that wasn't fulfilling to me. And now I live this life and mine's sort of gone in the opposite direction. It was like, now I live this life of an influencer. But for me, that wasn't as fulfilling. So I want to go back to the real job world because I feel like I have a little bit more ability to actually shape the world there in ways that I wasn't utilizing my following for before. Hmm. So this must be a pretty awesome position. Um, let me ask, who are you working for and what are they doing in the world? <laughs> this might be my ego talking, but I like to say working with. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so I'm working with Find Tap, which is a new app uh, just launched on October 23rd. And I've been working with my partner at TAP, Shana Rewald, to run all of their social, a lot of the marketing, their influencer partnerships. And we've actually been working together to start a movement, which is the hashtag Drink Different Movement. Hmm. And what does the Drink Different Movement have at its core? At the core of the Drink Different movement is a shared interest of the people who become members of the movement to rid the world of single-use plastic water bottles. That's a big task. It is. It is. So it's, it is a big one. And it involves, honestly, at its core, changing consumer behavior because it's really, at least in terms of single-use plastic water bottles, it's really a lifestyle choice that we each make or don't make. And you really don't, it's not even hard to change. You really don't have to drastically impact your lifestyle. The way it works is TAP is a Google Maps for water. So 
if I were driving in my car and I got thirsty, I might look on my Google Maps and say, where is there a 7-Eleven where I can go buy a bottle of Fiji? This is old Caitlin before. Yeah, I remember. Fiji water on tap. <laughs> yeah, Andrew has walked to 7-Eleven with me actually to buy Fiji water so many times. Sorry world, I didn't know enough about plastic at that point. Forgive me for my transgressions. But now here we are in this example. So I would look up 7-Eleven and go buy my bottle of Fiji. But now with Tap, it's pretty cool because it's a similar interface to Google Maps. So I can look at my Tap app, find which businesses around wherever I am. There's more than 30,000 on the app. So 30 countries nationwide, or 30 countries worldwide. So wherever I am, I can now just go fill up my reusable bottle. And it's really the same thing. I would have to carry that Fiji bottle around with me and go buy it somewhere. But in fact, now I can save money by going and refilling my own bottle at a tap location and carry it around with me. So it's been inspiring. And it's absolutely awesome to witness how genuinely passionate you are about this because I remember, you know, when Caitlin and I first met, I was, you know, running around teaching at Lightning in a Bottle and these different festivals. And, you know, I was the hippie with, you know, this big old Nalgene hanging off my backpack. <laughs> and, you know, Caitlin would be like, where's the Fiji? Like, you know, like, and it's totally awesome to witness how now you are working for this company that's really making waves and creating a difference in the world. Well, the cool part is that's actually one of the bites that I took out of the elephant. And that's sort of, you know, part of the ripple effect of small decisions, just like we discussed the ripple effect of starting a yoga practice or becoming a yoga teacher. This has been a really interesting journey for me because the way the drink, drink different movement works is to join it, you make a 30-day pledge not to purchase any single-use plastic water bottles. And so in order to even be a part of this movement, and let alone help build it, I needed to practice what I preached. So I took the Drink Different Pledge, and actually I guess it's been more than 30 days for me at this point because I started before our October 23rd launch, and I haven't looked back. It's now going to be a Drink Different Life rather yeah. than a Drink Different 30 days. Um, but just in making that pledge, I created this little kernel of awareness that started popping. Like once I decided not to buy single-use plastic water bottles, all of a sudden I noticed the plastic everywhere. And I found all of these areas in my life where I started really meaningfully trying to cut down on my plastic waste. So it's, it's really, if you want to change your life, if you're feeling down, if you're uninspired, instead of sitting there and wallowing in it, try one thing. Try anything, challenge yourself. You know, for me, it was taking a pledge not to buy single-use water bottles, and that gave me a passion that I didn't even know about, that I wasn't even keyed into before. And for you, that could look like a thousand other things, but if you want to take the Drink Different pledge, you should. <laughs> we got you covered there. Well, it's so incredible to be in this space now where I feel the awareness of sustainability is spreading all around the world. And with this being the truth of the times that we live in, how do you feel we as yogis, you know, being that the majority of my listeners are yoga practitioners or yoga teachers, how can we truly make a difference? The way that you can make a difference is by paying attention to what stokes your fire. So check in with yourself and figure out what you're passionate about. 
And if you're not feeling especially passionate about anything like I wasn't, I didn't actually really care about plastic water bottles before I started doing it. And now I can't avoid that. So if you can't figure out what you're passionate about, just pick something that seems cool to you and give it a try. And once you find that thing, it will start changing your community because people can see it on you. The way that Andrew said at the beginning of this podcast that I'm shining and I'm illuminated, that's because I've found something I'm passionate about and I'm living that passion. And you know what? People see that on you and they want it. That kind of thing becomes contagious. And so when you foster that passion and wear it like a badge of honor on your chest, other people want to join your club. You can start changing your community just by truly being the change that you want to see in the world proudly. That's the key. Be the change. Mahatma Gandhi. It's such, <laughs> a, such a beautiful resonance of what it means to truly be a yogi. It's union. And I feel that before we go out and you know try to change others, we have to be a shining example of that change. And also the benefits that we receive from that change can be literally felt in the community. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel so, so rooted to the understanding that it comes from us. You know, it has to start with you. And if it's not truly starting with you, then people can feel that it's not truly authentic. But if it does start with you, then people can feel that it is truly authentic. And that is when those real transformations occur and so I wanted to ask you for our listeners who are say just beginning their yoga journey what would you give them as three tips to really become rooted in their passion as a yoga practitioner or teacher well this answer may be a little bit less yoga centric than I think that the question demands but The interesting thing that I've learned in my yoga journey is that yoga really is a lifestyle as much as it's a practice. So I would say, just remember that. So rather than getting too caught up in asana or the quest for a handstand or the splits or any of these things, look into the other limbs of yoga because it's really a way of approaching the world. So you don't even necessarily need to feel specifically passionate about yoga like your yoga could be the way that you live your passion in whatever you do just like you can live an artful lifestyle you can live a yogic lifestyle that involves being conscious to yourself and others and to living beings and helping others and it's a way that you approach the world so take that practice in the studio and live it out in the world Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, could you give our listeners one golden nugget, um, perhaps something that has uplifted you from a challenge? Remember to breathe. There's so much power in breath. And I still am honestly not even entirely all of the time practicing what I'm preaching right now, but that's why I'm sharing it because it's something that I'm personally working on. I've had uh, actually an interpersonally challenging last few days and the biggest tool that's helped me through all of it has been tuning into my breath when I feel like I want to tune into my reactions. Mm, That's really, really on point. So I feel when we do tap into the breath, it brings us back to presence 
And when we're present, we can truly move forward with our intuition. And our intuition always guides the way to truth. Mm -hmm. That breath can sort of quiet the other noise that's stopping you from being able to hear your intuition. Mm, So true. Well, with that being said, I want to hear about any upcoming awesome things that our Yoga Revealed podcast listeners can look out for in the world of Gypset Goddess. The biggest way that you can support me as Gypset Goddess is to support TAP. And in doing so, you support our planet. So I've mentioned a little bit about the Drink Different Pledge. We're launching our next round of 30-day Drink Different Pledges on December 1st. And I would love for you to join if you own a yoga studio or you're a yoga teacher. I would love for you to encourage as many people as you can in your community to join. And for more information, to find out how to do that, you can either head over to the at FindTap Instagram or check out www.findtap.com. Stoked. That's so epic, Gypset. I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation today. And the Yoga Revealed listeners are brighter and more knowledgeable and more sustainable for your time and your love and your compassion here today. Thank you for having me. This is always such a treat. I can't wait till next time. Blessings. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Yoga Revealed podcast. We are truly appreciative for your participation in this community. You make a difference. Continue to give us those five-star reviews and make sure to share these episodes with your awesome friends so that they can continue to be uplifted by these educational and inspiring episodes. Make sure to check out Gypset Goddess at gypsetgoddess.com or you can check out Caitlin's Instagram, Gypset Goddess, on Instagram. Also, make sure to check out Find Tap. You can download the app on your iPhone and check out local areas to go ahead and get water fresh from any of these really awesome refill stations all around the world. Make a difference to end single-use plastic to truly make your pledge to drink different. This is what we're here for. Start a movement, be part of a movement, and most importantly, be part of humankind. We're here to live in union together. Blessings and namaste. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.